Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to Big Thoughts, the number one podcast about the Big Ten. Here are your hosts, Spencer Kleinschmidt, Marcus Pierce, and Peter J. Hello! What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to Big Thoughts, Big Ten Thoughts. Um, today, unfortunately, we're not going to be joined by Peter because uh, he's experiencing a loss in his family. So we're thinking about you, Peter. Um, and I hope everyone sends well wishes Peter's way. And yeah, but I am joined today by Spencer as usual. And first, first full episode, Dan Reynolds. What's up, boys? How are you doing? Doing great. Super excited for this. No longer do I have to talk about NHL specifically, but get to dip a little bit more into, you know, the array of sports that y'all talk about. So very excited. Yeah. Wild Dan is just living in the limelight right now. He's like, I cannot wait to get exposure. I'm going to start creating TikToks. I'm going to be all over the internet. It's going to be his, his thing. Yeah. Dan. Joe Rogan actually texted me right before this, wishing me good luck. So mm -hmm. a lot of pressure on this. <laughs> That's one. right. Hey, well, if you if you have his number, why don't you go ahead and uh, get a couple of retweets going our way yeah. from him, and then you know we'll we'll just get some residual followers. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. only got a couple followers, but uh, yeah, and I figured they might be able to you know listen to both. Hey, hey, why not? But um, you know, today, folks, we're going to cover a little bit of Big Ten basketball, a little bit of NFL offseason drama, free agency, a little bit of Packer talk. Um, and then, obviously, because Wild Dan's on, Wild we're gonna, Dan, we're going to get to Big Ten hockey, which is a gong show, but it's it's going to be a fun race. And then, obviously, uh, NHL Wild, um, they're getting healthy, teams coming back. There's a few things in the NHL that that need to be talked about. The slushy machine that was Lake Tahoe, yeah. and hey, the Los Angeles Kings. Everybody, everybody, check your watches. You checking them? It's it's about five to seven years and they're fucking getting relevant again and they're about to go on this goddamn cycle, but we'll talk about that. Um uh before we get into something, I need to give an update to our fans. Uh this just in US Bank Stadium, not shiny anymore. They took off everything on the side. I, I haven't gotten blinded in a couple weeks, so my corneas got fixed by US Bank Stadium and uh yeah. So if you're looking to get free LASIK surgery, don't go down don't go down by U.S. Pink Stadium because you won't get it because it's not shiny anymore. Do you think that they actually changed it, or do you think that the angle of the sun based off of the time of the year is not correct to do that to you? Mm, it's probably the angle of the sun, but <laughs> I like to think that they changed it because it's me because they saw my tweet and they're like, you know what, this one random person, we got to fix it. Not acceptable. Well, hey. That, I mean, that, that would actually be wild if enough people complained about complained about it. And they're like, ah, oh, shit, people are starting to make animated videos about how much they hate the fucking glare on our stadium. <laughs> so that, that'd be a tough look. But it's been causing trouble since like day one. They've had to sink millions into that stadium. It just seems yep. like they didn't really do a good enough job right off the bat. First, well, they were worried about the birds. Then like they had to do some maintenance and now this. That's a Viking, that's a Viking standard for you, you know, yeah. pretty on the outside, but when you really get down to it, not that great. Should have kept uh, the Metrodome. Definitely should have kept the Metrodome. 
Um, fun fact, the AstroTurf there tastes like peanut butter. <laughs> Why do I know that? Because I tried it. Wait, what? So I was based Bat Boy Spencer, like, you know, for our hometown for the longest time. And when I was a little kid, I don't know, whoever the, the, the people in that were high, in high school, I was like six or seven years old, maybe. They're like, yeah, you know, this might be the only time you get to come here. You should try some of the fields. So I ate some of the artificial turf and it tasted like peanut butter. So not my, uh, not my greatest moment, but. Little did uh, you know that uh, residual sweat after a while tastes like peanut butter when mixed with AstroTurf and rubber. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I mean, it, it was definitely gross. It wasn't my most shining moment, but the real question is for the 17 and 18 year olds that were convincing a six-year-old to eat synthetic plastic, shame yeah where are your morals <laughs> but let's get into some big 10 basketball shall we um last thursday um after our last episode came out um iowa and wisconsin went at it wisconsin uh, had a chance they were in that game for a long time um they ended up losing 77 to 62 luca gars is really good that is not <sighs> No one's questioning that. Um, some people are questioning if he's NBA ready, and I'd like to talk about that in a second. But, yeah, Wisconsin had another brutal, 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 brutal time shooting, and they lost by, what, 15 points, and they had no turnover. Wisconsin had no turnovers in the game and lost. Pretty tough to take a college basketball game and go out there and have zero turnovers and go back in the locker room afterwards with a loss. Almost unthinkable. Um, so that really, um, Spencer, since I've kind of said how bad they've been shooting, or, you know, that really sums it up. Like, they're doing yeah. things right. They just can't get fucking anything to go. And they had five turnovers. Oh, did they? Yeah, but regardless, like, that's... Mayo's in the first half. That that's zip. tough. I mean, when you shoot 30%, yeah, not usually a good sign. So uh, A and F, you know, A and F boys got it done. That's and a tough. That's a tough stat for me. Maybe that was a first half stat. Probably. I, I wrote that down, and I thought it was a whole game. So that's my bad. But no technical fouls. Well, I mean, I mean that's nice. Wait, when you got Fran, you got well, okay. Fran Con. That, I'm just saying that was pissing me off the most. Fran was pissing me off the most because he was smiling and having a good time. And oh, I, I am so used to seeing him have complete and utter meltdowns against the Badgers. Spencer, you know what I'm talking about. Like, he's a hothead all the time. Frank Con five. But notoriously in Madison, Fran has meltdowns. So that stinks. Um, and, th again, this is like the fourth week in a row now that I've said it. Um, Mike Potter off the bench. Led the team in scoring, led the team in rebounds. Again, what did he do on Sunday? Led the team in scoring, led the team in rebounds. Again, off the bench. I don't know if Greg Gard is doing this to piss him off before the game. So when he gets in, he knows he's got to go. But I think it's just to make you mad. Maybe. It probably is. But Yeah, he's listening very closely, and that's precisely what his game plan is based off of. I can see it. <laughs> it, it, it's just really really tough to watch when everyone can see the shooting woes by percentage for the badgers especially when you play such a tight game like that like 
Right. Five turnovers is half of their already nation leading nine a game. So like, that's a phenomenal game. No one would deny that. And the question I have is how long can you keep Potter coming off the bench and playing not the right amount of minutes when you're shooting 30% from the field and he's still scoring 20 points a game. Something's got to give. Like at this point, I would rather have him taking more shots and still shooting 30% from the field. Be, well, you know what I mean? Because clearly it's not working for everyone else. Um, Who's that? Uh, they got a young point guard. Uh, Johnny, Johnny Davis. And yeah, I, he's pretty good. I think he should shoot more. He should shoot more. He is the one person on the team right now that I, oh, well, I and Potter, but Potter takes smart shots usually. Um, but Johnny Davis right now, he's the first slasher Wisconsin's had in a long time. Um, he obviously doesn't have the same size that Sam Decker did coming in. Um, but right now, much like Sam Decker's first year, you could tell that even though Sam Decker started, you could tell he had it. There, there was something that, or, you know, that would translate very well once he got comfortable. And yeah. then you saw what happened to sophomore year and he was phenomenal. I think Johnny Davis is the best athlete on Wisconsin's team right now. I, I've tweeted about it all year. I'm, I'm really high on him and he, he's a true lane driving slasher. He creates his own shots and that's what Wisconsin's missing right now. No one can get inside our, our bigs. And I'm sorry to say this because Nate Reavers has been so good for so long, but he has just not been good. He's played very poorly and not only is it on offense, but his defense has then not been good. He's not getting his block shots. He's getting bodied down low. It's, it's tough. Bodied. Yeah, it, it's tough to watch. I, I'm i glad that on Sunday they took care of Northwestern. Thank God I, I didn't have to, to suffer. <laughs> well, well, with the way they were playing, and I know that the Big Ten's a gauntlet, but with the way they were playing, I was starting to get nervous because when you shoot 30% consistently game after game after game, it doesn't matter who you're playing. If shit isn't going in, shit's not going in. So I was nervous that that was going to happen, but I digress. They played well. Like I said, Potter played well. Um, yeah. Let's talk about Illinois. Would you, quick, quick question, I guess. Would you say that, you know, Potter coming off the bench is just for the sake of, you know, leading the depth that may or may not be there on Wisconsin. Um, you know, if he's such a strong player, then <laughs> him coming off the bench could really, you know, well, this get, the, is... get the other guys off the bench to play around him and, and to play better. Yeah, no, I mean, I think that definitely could be part of it. Like I said, it, it could great be great so... question, Dan. Yeah, that is a good question. That, I, I think yeah. it, I think it's partially to motivate him. I think with the starting minutes, he was maybe getting lackadaisical maybe being careless with his fouls and he does have a history of getting into foul trouble a little early. So I can understand in those games to pull him out like any other player, if you get into foul trouble, you pull him out. Um, but to answer your question better, Dan, I think it's really hard to watch him come off the bench, even with the energy he might provide for other people when he's probably the second best player on the team. Like without especially, a doubt, especially when you're going against talent like Garza. Um, yeah. You know, you'd want to kind of stick it to Iowa in that situation or in that game. Well, yeah. And, and he was playing well. I mean, he had 15 points or 13 points in the first half against a good defender in Garza. 
and Nate Reavers in a situation like that is not fast enough to guard uh, Garza out on the point. Potter is fast enough to guard him out on the point or, or if he drives in. So I'm hoping that Northwestern, even though it was Northwestern, will be a nice bounce back game. Um, unfortunately, Spencer, for Northwestern, after they won their first six games, they've dropped 13 straight. Yeah, they're kind of ass. They're bad. Chris Collins, uh, I feel bad for him. I feel bad for uh, Boo Booey. He's pretty – Boo Boo is a really good uh, basketball player. Um, but, yeah, uh, that's enough for Wisconsin basketball. Um, Minnesota did not have a very fun time on Saturday. Um, Sad face. Did they, did they continue to, to shoot the three at a unprecedented poorly rate? Or No, they shot 50% from three, actually. Um, then – how did the game end up being 31 points apart, I guess? Um, well, Liam Robbins got hurt. He hurt his ankle, so that didn't missed, help. Missed that. And, um, yeah, Illinois looks like a pretty damn good team. I, I think mean, they might be a one seed. I'm going to give, I'm going to give Illinois credit in this instance. Um, I'm not going to blame the coaching staff or the players. And I mean, the players, you know, they played decent. 22 for 54 on field goals, you know, not great, but could have been worse. We could have lost by 50. That's so not bad, though. we'll take a, uh, yeah, I don't know. Illinois is a really good team. At the Big Ten is just really strong this year in basketball, unlike, you know, previous years. I feel like, you know, Ohio State has kind of been up and down in recent years, but they're kind of finding some consistency recently. Same with Michigan. Well, well, that's, well, okay, so Michigan, uh do you want to wrap up them is that good for minnesota spencer for this one yeah i'm i'm fine with that (laughs) i didn't know if you if you wanted to add a little bit more um i'd like to add something not actually no mean comment here but actually the first 10 minutes i thought we were like gonna hang with them and then that was yeah that was it so 10 minutes in i was confident and then after that wasn't having a good time so how, could you answer the question as to how many turnovers Minnesota had? Because they shot, 18. Okay. So they shot 46% from the field, 50% from three, but 18 turnovers will, will almost lose you every game. You have 18 turnovers in. See, the problem is though, is that they go on these like six, two runs and they'll get up by like four and then they'll go on like an eight or they'll go on a, you know, one for eight cold streak. In like a four team, minute like every it'll be like 18 to two like in a blink of an eye and it's like oh okay yeah that was cool like that was a really good lead that we had for a second but i'll tell you what jamal mashburn he's going to be a problem for the big 10 probably next year maybe the year after he's going to be really good and i think trey williams is going to be another name that they're young gophers if they don't transfer they're going to be they're going to be solid so how did marcus Carr play he's all right I don't know. I mean, nothing spectacular. Nobody really played that well, but it's just, it is with, what it is, you know. With, sorry, and then we'll we'll drop the mini. But with Liam Robbins out, I don't know what the outline or outlook look looks like for him. But it, it's kind of starting to happen, Spencer, in the Big Ten, where now the Big Ten teams have all beat beaten each other up, right? Now everyone's got, or you know, you got Illinois, Iowa. Ohio State and Michigan, kind of now separated from the next level, whatever. 
That's fair, yeah. I think. Um, and everyone else now, their record is starting to creep towards fucking 500. And you're not, you're not getting the few other teams to separate with the top half. And you're not getting the few, or you know what I mean? You're getting no separation right now other than the very top half and everyone else's record starting to kind of creep together a little bit. Um, are you nervous about Minnesota making the tournament? No, because yeah. I've already convinced myself that it's not going to happen because we have – what That's do you want me scary. to do? Have you watched any of their games? Because their games have been fucking atrocious. Yeah, no. I, uh, I mean, yeah, I watched the game against Maryland. Um, a little bit of it, actually. Like, it's um, the the best game that they've played, like, fan-wise. I mean, I want to see a blowout every time. I want to see my team win by 50. But the best, like, the closest game they've played, it was against Purdue. And the rest of the games, it's either a blowout and it's, like, not worth watching or they get blown out and it just – like it's a waste of time. Like there's no consistency. No. And that's the thing that's frustrating. Cause if you go on, we have four games left Purdue, Penn state Rutgers. What are the other ones? Northwestern. And there's one other team in there. And basically if we lose, if we lose the Rutgers, that'll be all right. But if we lose any of those other games, there's no chance we make the tournament. It's Nebraska. Nebraska. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Nebraska's bad. But bad, bad. So I mean, we could potentially win out, you know, depending. If we win out, yeah. But I mean, I don't know, dude. I just I worry that if we win out, and we make the tournament that buys Richard another year, and I think that he needs to be gone. Really? Yeah. Uh, we sunk a lot of money into him. Fire, fire Richard ASAP. Starting now. Because it's only like a two and a half million dollar buyout. Ooh. That's reasonable. I don't uh, know. I think you bite the bullet. Mark Coyle has come in and made some absolute fire, like banger hires. And I think Richard has been the one that's kind of been like, he didn't hire him, but he's, that's like, we got to, you know, he brings in Lindsay Whalen. She was a stud here. Great coach. Like great know, player. Great player. Yes, exactly. He brings in Bob Motzko. Fantastic track record. You know, great hockey coach. He brings in PJ Fleck, who makes the Gophers more relevant than they've been in the last 20 years in football. Even though he doesn't look at the playbook. <laughs> doesn't matter. Motivates guys. More I feel like that's been eat. the story of Minnesota sports, though, even since you and I went to undergrad, you know? Well, that's a that was consistency. De- definition of PJ is like, no one knows what the fuck's going on, but he puts asses in seats. Sure. No. Yeah, I'm good motivator, but. Oh, yeah. I what think, I've seen from Minnesota consistency, I could probably agree with that just because I think the first, because, you know, you're, we're always going to bring in talent. We're a Big Ten institution. Um, and, you know, if, if our scouts and our coaches are doing the right thing, then we're going to be able to draw in that talent. And so when things aren't staying consistent, I feel like the first thing you got to look at, um, particularly in college, I'd say, I might be wrong, but, um, you know, I'd say the first thing you got to look at in terms of reevaluating the team is definitely the coach. I agree with reevaluating the team with like starting to coach, but I'm going to have to go against you with how we can bring in the talent. Cause we haven't kept an in-state recruit. That's like top tier in basketball other than like a mere coffee. Sure. Like, you know, I, I mean the Joneses, like I get why they would go to Duke. I understand why Jalen Suggs would go to Gonzaga because they're a better school in Minnesota, but there's some guys that we lose to schools that like we shouldn't be losing them to. Sure. So and I think that, I don't know. I mean, whatever. I think the problem with Patino is that he's too East Coast centric. Like we have talent here, 
I mean, you see it, you know, you see it watching high school sports or watching like the junior leagues, like sure, there's talent in Minnesota. Wouldn't you agree? Absolutely. And we don't, we lose it yeah, because we're too focused on out East and like isolation ball. And it just doesn't work. It doesn't work in the big 10. I guess well, if it's any consolation, a lot of the guys you just named didn't really go on to have the greatest NBA careers, if they're going to have an right. NBA career at all. Um, and I yeah, feel but like that's, that's a drop in the bucket though, to actually have a successful NBA career. Yeah. Yes. And no. Um, but like, you know, you look at Duke and they're just feeding guys in the NBA and they always have same with, uh, you know, any big name institution that's really good at basketball or any sport like that. Well, um, tell me how you guys would feel right now being a Wisconsin Badger fan. And none of these guys necessarily fit the system that Wisconsin basketball is, but granted that they're bringing in guys like Johnny Davis now, who is a little bit different than the classic Wisconsin swing basketball. He brings a little bit more of the athlete, you know, but tell me how you guys would feel if in the last four years and next year will probably be another one. You watch Tyler hero decommit from Wisconsin, go to Kentucky, get drafted 14th overall. You watch Tyrese Halliburton, decommit from Wisconsin, go to Iowa State, get drafted like 10th overall, tearing it up with Sacramento. You watch Jalen Johnson, decommit from Wisconsin, go to Duke. Now he quit on Duke. I'd like to talk about that in a second. But he's going to go top 10 in the NBA. And then not anyone this year, but next year, Patrick Baldwin is going to not go to Wisconsin, and he's probably going to end up a fucking top 10 pick. And that sucks because that's crazy in state talent. Yeah. And, you know, Spencer, you mentioned a few podcasts ago that there's been a few guys like that for Minnesota as well. That is that like kind of what you're talking about? Like just the complete lack of ability to keep. I think a lot of the Big Ten struggles with that. Well, the problem is, is that specifically with Wisconsin, they have, you know, the Wisconsin way like, oh, well, like. You look at how they build their roster and like, that's great. They can have their stories about their, you know, walk-ons, like making it and everything. And this is more focused on football. But when you're like focused on that kind of narrative and everything, like you're not going to go anywhere. And like, whatever, people can take this the wrong way because, you know, I'm a Minnesota fan and everything. But looking on the outside in, like having those stories is awesome. Yeah. But at the same time, like if you're relying on trying to bring up like, the underdog and everything like you're not going to win an national championship like you need to focus on people who are going to bring the best and I think it's unfair to compare the Wisconsin's the Minnesotans the Iowa to Duke North Carolina Kentucky Kansas because those schools are always going to get those kids because they have the name recognition yeah. like Wisconsin Minnesota they're probably never going to be able to have those in talent kids unless they get like a Calipari type coach who's like I don't really care about university traditions. I'm trying to get you to the league. Sure. And that's not going to happen because the big 10 schools have too much pride, which I think yeah. is a good thing. You know, they're not going to sell their souls for a one, one and done. I guess it's a little different for Minnesota. Cause when you hear of like the big name players that grow up in Minnesota, who are, you know, destined to go to an amazing college institution to play, you hear yeah. them consider Minnesota. You don't hear them like decommit from Minnesota or you don't really hear them you know, seriously considering going to Minnesota, you just kind of hear them talking about it and that it's on their radar and that they've yeah. gotten an offer, but they're never going to, you kind of just know right away, like, okay, this guy's not going to commit to the, right. go and play for the Gophers. You know what they, I mean? They so take the, the token offers so they don't seem like a-holes online, essentially. Sure. Probably. Exactly. Or, 
Yeah. Um, about Duke basketball, because we are, you know, where it's about, it's almost March Madness time. Um, Duke looks a lot better without Jalen Johnson. I don't know if you guys have seen that. And it's a lot of weird takes on that. Um, I mean, I think Jalen was the most talented player on their roster, but I think that potentially that the plays that were being called and the style that they were playing was too focused on trying to get him looks instead of doing the team thing. Um, I can't blame him for opting out necessarily because of the type of money he's probably about to make. But there's no chance he opts out if that team's good. So it's a weird, like, come on, dude, you got to be all in or all out. Like, I don't know. And then, I didn't even know Duke wasn't even ranked. They're not even ranked right now. No, they, they just won two games in a row for like the first time all year. Well, that's not true, but they just took down Virginia too. Yeah. And without who is a lottery pick in the NBA. So it's raising a lot of questions. Is that on Krzyzewski for coaching too much towards one player? Um, You know, and it's not like it's Zion where he can literally, especially in the college game, he could just take over Mm -hmm. physically, but I don't know. Um, Duke right now, they're saying they could be a bubble team again if they could keep winning. And I don't know. scary bubble team. And they got the ACC tournament too. Right. Uh, That's a terrifying bubble team, but I don't know. They're that's classic coach K though. Like when things are bad, he makes things so much worse for himself. And when things are great, it's all because he's such a good coach and I don't like that shit. It's like when you're that talented and you have so much success year in and year out, when shit gets bad, like when he was trying to opt his team out at the beginning of this year, it would be one thing if he mentioned like the COVID stuff before the season started, but after they lose three out of five games to start the year, and then you say, I don't know if this is safe. Come on, coach K you got like, I get it. I get it. And if that was his actual intentions, I don't want to down talk that. But when you have so much success every single year for what, 23 years, he's made the tournament in a row. And Mm -hmm. many years before that, when you have a bad team, you got to fucking bite the bullet and go down with them. You can't be playing this half in and a half out bullshit. I don't know. Um, But Dan, good point. Scary bubble team. If they can keep playing well. Um, Gophers are a scary bubble team. If they make it. Don't forget about the Gophers. <laughs> I, I would have to imagine that the the Duke Blue Devil. Well, this will be a good, this will be curious though because for this year, does I don't know what Duke is right now, like fourteen and ten, fourteen and nine, or whatever. Does that record, like that record in the Big Ten, means a lot more than it does in the ACC, right? Yes like significant like like three placements in the tournament higher more I mean, right going into this week's rankings the big 10 had three teams in the top five so yes yeah let's talk about that and then we'll move on from the big <laughs> from the college basketball this kind of got out there but i'm talking one seeds one Gonzaga. seeds dan i know they're the baylor argument is there i get it 
It's just but, tough because they're not even like playing full season. You know what I mean? And so many games are getting postponed and, and they're getting, um, they're getting, the big Ten's getting close to a full season. A lot of teams are close uh, or a full big 10 season at least. Um, yeah. But Gonzaga sits alone and that's questionable because of the conference they play in, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. But Mark Few, like as quick as coach to 600 wins ever, they're always close. They've never gotten there, but they're always really good and really close. No one can deny that, really. Um, then I got Ohio State, Michigan. And then you can start to make the argument that Illinois should be the other one because of the conference that they're playing in. They mm-hmm. have they have the the Big Ten player of the year in any other year in Io DeSumo. If Luca Garza was not having the freakish year that he's having and the the career that is now starting to pile up to go along with it. If he's not there, I assume is probably a clear front runner for the big 10 player of the year, in my opinion. And he's got a very good counterpart in Kofi Coburn. And those boys are not afraid to play a lot of different types of basketball. Played to Fred. Hey, so sometimes the words <laughs> don't, you don't work it, out. You saved it, you saved it. Sometimes the words don't work out too well, but. You know, when you start to talk through things like that, you can really make the argument, in my opinion, a- along with their record, that they should be a one seed as well. Thoughts? Baylor is also there. Uh, or, you know. I've got, I've, I've decided since taking, since talking about the Gophers, and I don't, I, you know, I'm a very, I'm a very positive person. So the Gophers, I'm going to manifest this right. They're going to go 4-0. So, Dan, we're going to go 4-0. and Can I get a Nick Saban voice for this? Um, we're gonna go I'm not going to sequit. So, the Gophers are going to go 4-0. Or right. right. They're going to go 4-0. And <laughs> we're going to go into the Big Ten tournament. Took a little East Coast. I can't. I don't know. I just I don't have that right now. Can't do it on the spot? Can't do it. Can't, well, now you gotta, now you can't gotta win with them. Can't play with them. Can't win with them. Can do my Singletary. No. But anyways, the Gophers, they're going to go into the Big Ten tournament as like the nine seed, win their first matchup. All right? Following me? Yeah. Then, I don't know. I see the Gophers as a bubble team, but that's just so, me. Well, just wait. I'm going to make them a one seed. So <laughs> they, win, they win their first game. You play to win the game. You beat that team at number nine. And then you play the next game, and that's going to be against, you know, one of the one through eight seeds in the Big Ten. So that's a pretty damn good team, right? We just talked the Big Ten up. So they win that game, and now you got one of the one through six seeds probably. Let's say it's Illinois. We take a revenge. We beat them by 50. Now you're in the Big Ten championship. Now it's probably against Iowa or Ohio State or Michigan or Illinois or Wisconsin. All right. Well, if Wisconsin got there, they had to beat Iowa or Illinois or Michigan, Ohio State. Now Minnesota beats them one seed. Yeah, well, <laughs> just like that, just like that. So Super easy. They lose, then they Super lose to easy. a sixteen seed. Just kidding. Then they go undefeated. They keep their winning ways. They beat a sixteen seed. They beat an eight seed. They beat a four seed. They beat a one seed, and they beat another one seed. And they're national champions. See, it's not that difficult. <laughs> and uh, Rick Pitino keeps his job. Yeah. yeah. Sign no, then, for a no mega... and then he leaves. Then he he's a national champion, hottest coach around. He leaves, 
and every, it's a hunky dory. It's great because then he's gone and we get a new coach and we're national champs. So there. That, hey, so take back all the negative energy that I pushed out. What do they? What do they call those? What, what do they call it? A, a fever dream? Is that what those are called when you start yeah. to? <laughs> See shit yeah. that definitely is not going to happen. <laughs> oh, when that happens. When that happens. Either that or it's the magic mushrooms. Something uh, of the, something of the like. <laughs> hey, so. In terms of one seeds, though, I, I don't see Illinois making it as a one seed. Well, it just. They lost to Ohio State. How, how's, it's off of previous matchups, no? Like that factors into it. And Ohio State's looking like a pretty, pretty good one seed right now. Michigan, right now, in my opinion, it's Gonzaga and Michigan as for Sherlock's as one seed. Sure. Baylor questionable because of the conference, in my opinion. Ohio State. Uh, Baylor's there. The Big 12 is pretty good. Yeah. I mean, I know Oklahoma's in the top 10, but. Texas is ranked. West Virginia is ranked. Yeah, yeah, I suppose. So, just the Big Ten's so good. And that's, I think Illinois, their their fate is in their own hand. If they win out, I think there's no way you can not make them a one seed. Big Ten's really good, and that and and the national media actually is talking about that for once. They're mm-hmm. admitting that the Big Ten is good, and I've never heard pretty much a whole whole agreement that like, yeah, no, the Big Ten is by far the best conference. Usually, you get spurts of when they say teams are good. We're used to that, but you know what I'm saying. He brought up Wisconsin winning the Big Ten tournament. I have. Yeah, I didn't have them winning. That no, night. no, I know you were, actually had Minnesota winning it. Yeah, you were. You, to be no, clear. You check the tape. Playing them, you said <laughs> I would never them. say something so okay, so, such blasphemy. Yeah. Okay, I get it. I get it. You, playing them in the Big Ten tournament championship. Sorry. Potentially, potentially. So, you'd like. I'm just asking this question. This isn't really like a fan, like loaded question. Whatever. You'd have to imagine Wisconsin would be a team you don't really want to play in the Big Ten tournament if you're one of the teams seated above them because right hey, now we're shooting thirty percent. I will. Well, yeah, no, <laughs> I, I'm not. Ta- I'm not talking about like their actual current game. I'm talking about they've probably already won enough games and will probably win two more. They're probably in the tournament, and that's not really a question. So in the NCAA tournament, yes, yes. So 100%. they're they're playing really with nothing to lose with a good roster that just hasn't really been able to figure it out these last few weeks. With so, Potter coming off the bench. Yeah, with Potter <laughs> coming off the bench. Um, so I think that could be a, a scary – Wisconsin could be a scary team to play just because – they're going to be in, and they probably don't give a fuck what they get seeded in this tournament anyways because they're going to not be a top-four seed more than likely right, as of right now. Yeah, so they got nothing to lose going into the Big Ten tournament. Uh, they might be a four seed, actually. They're still ranked 23rd, so that that's – Michigan, Ohio State, Iowa. That's I'm, ta- I'm talking overall. Oh, okay. Probably not. Uh, yeah. Probably like a six or a seven. Yeah, so if they, if they make a little run – Four is their their hot their height probably the highest they'll go. But yeah, I think that that Wisconsin team's a bad, just a bad matchup because they're fine. They don't if they lose the first round, they're still going to be in, so they can just go out there and have fun. And they're definitely capable of beating those teams. Right. Definitely. So, 
Illinois also has a very tough schedule. I just didn't even know. Very that. tough. Very they got tough. a very tough schedule coming up. So potentially a one, potentially a one one seed. Read them off. Uh, I mean, next up Nebraska, so that's pretty much a lock. You'd think. Easy. Yeah. But then you know we've been talking a lot about Wisconsin, then they're up against Michigan, then Ohio State. That's a tough schedule. That's Winning out that schedule. Quiz. Who's the only loss that Michigan has? Ohio uh, State. First game. No, Minnesota probably. Nice. Yeah, that's right. Game. Resume builder, baby. You. Yeah. We, we, we should just call them the Patinos. No, I will never <laughs> not call them the Patinos. Uh, um, but no, winning out that schedule definitely brings them into the one seed conversation. If they went out, they're for sure one seed, and it's not absolutely. even a question. Yeah, absolutely. Gonzaga's so, Gonzaga's pretty much a lock, and I agree with Ben. I mean, Baylor is coming out of a very tough conference. Baylor's coming out of a tough conference, and they're undefeated. So undefeated, undefeated. Um, let's talk cue, a little. Cue some sound effect. The yeah. way the worth the Waco wagons. Let's uh. Baylor Bears. Let's talk about a little bit of NFL free agency, um, a little bit of Packers real quick, and then we'll move on to some big hockey. Um, so obviously the drama continues in Green Bay because there's a lot of people with a lot of talent that deserve a lot of money that the team doesn't have, <laughs> quite frankly. Hate frank. when that happens. Hate when that happens. So we now have all three running backs uh, and obviously AJ Dillon's just more than likely going to be here unless someone wants to trade him, but that'd be random. Um, but all three public running backs have publicly expressed now that they would like to remain a Packer prep. What does that leave you with three talented running backs, three really good humans and not a lot of money. Mm. Someone gets fucked. Right. Um, now there's talks, obviously not about Rogers engagement, even though it's, duly confirmed now which seems super weird to me but um there is room to restructure rogers contract and defer that money much like dave bakhtiari's yeah that puts us close that puts us closer to the salary cap within uh within a thinkable amount now do we hold on to aaron jones for one more year and franchise tag him because right now he's going to go for about 12.5 to another team or we could franchise tag him at 7.9 which would still leave us room structure wise to move people around and still leave us a tiny tiny bit of cap space is that a smart move if, if he if he's cool with making that franchise tag money i think you got to do it it's tough it's a weird it's a weird weird thing i i know i know that the last 10 super bowl winners have had a running back that have made 2.1 or less that's not my point aaron jones is an unquestioned top five running back i think jamal williams you think yeah without question he's got the All most right. touchdowns from any running back in the last three years from rushing and receiving it He's a thousand yard rusher the last two years. I think it's unquestionable. Um, I don't know. I mean, yeah, no, actually I do know that's for sure. He's a top five running back. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, for sure. Um, 
but is go- I'll just is, stay quiet on that one. Is going through is going through all of that restructuring and stuff for maybe just one year worth it because it's kind of sounding or you know they already released uh what who was it Wagner and Kiki Kursky Kursky sorry Kursky and it's kind of sounding like they might let go of Corey Lindsley too that's a dumb move it's a horrible move and uh, it's it's tough because his contract's going to be insane too. That's the issue. So where do we like? Where do we want to spend our money? Got to protect Rogers because it's a dry year. Give all the money to Jair. Well, I mean, one man J- team. J- Jair's. Well, that's another thing. I mean, the Packers right now are kind of. Uh, I'd rather them make the tough decision this year than work themselves into a corner. Like it, everything sounds good in like a pipe dream. Like everything sounds good, but you got to pay Jair. You got to convince Jair to take a tiny bit less money so we can go get someone to play with him. So like, or just draft somebody. Yeah. That's always risky, though. Yeah, I don't know if I want to play that. Chances. I don't know if I want to play that experiment with another cornerback when I think a Patrick Peterson type move. Oh, I don't like that. Why? I think he's washed. Maybe. I don't know. I bet he's better than Kevin King. Well, I mean, yeah, yeah, fair enough. So. I mean, there's our there's our kind of benchmark, and that's probably not fair to Kevin King because of how hurt he was in that game, and because stupid Patton hung him out to dry. Essentially, we don't need to talk about that, but <sighs> there is room, Spencer. There is room. I don't see Aaron Jones settling for a franchise tag. Yeah, um, I don't either. I think we should based, let him walk. I think based on how well he's been playing, I don't agree with you that he's a top five running back. Um, Who's better? I could name several. Dalvin Do Cook, it. McCaffrey, Saquon. I'd probably rather have Joe Mixon on my squad. And Joe Mixon, get out of here with that. I think Joe Mixon's really good. I mean, he's the best natural running back in the league. Christian McCaffrey um, hasn't played a full season in a hot minute. Neither has Saquon. But you would say that Aaron Jones is better than both of them? I mean, he's out From there. Last year, yeah. Sure, because he played a full season, but... Also, you know, he's not racking up the yards that either of the previously mentioned players are going to be racking up if they're playing, you know, healthfully. Yeah, that's uh, Yeah, that's, but that's the Packers don't fair. need – they don't need a Christian McCaffrey. Like, we don't need fantasy stats. We just need a guy who can – That's I think we should let him walk because we can use A.J. Dillon the same way. Yeah. He won't be able to catch as much outside of the backfield, but – And that's why Dillon was drafted, I'm, right. uh, I'm assuming, because Jamal Williams is also, you know, pretty shifty out back. He can definitely catch the ball and he can definitely run with it, but – I've heard, I've, I've, I've heard, like, I have split reactions from, like, the legitimate Green Bay media, not just fans talking. A lot of people think Jamal Williams is going to be where we get our money and he's going to be gone. And a lot of people think it's going to be Jones. You think that they're going to be, he's going to be gone? Yeah. Uh, sign him. Well, I mean, I, this is the way I think. Derrick Henry. You let you you use your running backs for the rookie year, and then you allow go let some other team pay them. Don't put your money into it because they just they get hurt, they break down. Like that's just the nature of the sport. Like it sucks. Yeah. Aaron Jones, he's a great player. 
Yeah. Oh, he has been for the Packers. He's earned his money, but let another team pay him. Because mm-hmm. if the you Dolphins. put that much money, yeah, if you put that much money into a running back, they're going to break down in two to three years. Like their bodies just can't handle it. And that's not their fault, you know? Yeah. It's just that's the nature of the beast. Like, yeah, it's tough. It is tough because there's no certainty. I, I mean, uh, you know, Saquon's a very good example. And McCaffrey, like you said, hasn't played a full season really. So, right. It's just a position where, you know, sinking money into it isn't really a good long term investment unless, you know. Well, look at, in. look at Ezekiel Elliott. He was awesome his first, you know, three years in the league and then he got hurt, but he had his contract. Like, whatever he got paid like i think these guys deserve their money i just don't think that your team if you draft them you should be paying them unless you unless they can be like ap got lucky maybe or ladini tomlinson like those guys produced for a long time you know they mm-hmm. they got paid by their teams they produced for a long time whether that was because they avoided the injury bug for the most part or whatever but like it's just it sucks like that position is just it's brutal yeah um and it produces so many you know so many prospects out of the draft like exactly. you said, like let so let us know. draft and you know ship off the guy who's asking for twelve mil. Would would you agree with this at least that if they do let Aaron Jones walk, they they have I mean the, like the Packers have to go make some moves in free agency to try and get some people at running back. No, not at running back. But if they're gonna let someone like who is a very key part of the offense. Re- like if they're going to let him walk or at least not try to tag him, they got to go. They have to go get another weapon because quite frankly, I think Aaron Rodgers is still as good as the year that he had. But it, I think a lot of that came with how good the fucking running game finally was. Finally. Mm-hmm. Right. That, that, that left so many questions for the defense because they couldn't sell out on trying to get to Raj. I would like two questions answered. One, who is the weapon in this year's free agency class that's going to put the Packers over the top? Curtis Samuel. Okay, I don't think so, but... I have Two, been. do you think that the offensive line is the key, that the that that's why the running game has been like stronger in these past mm. years? And if Lindsey goes and we decide to pay Aaron Jones, is that going to just... Is that the reason why? Like, even though we have a great left tackle, that's predominantly a quarterback protecting position, not a running game. Well, Joe Mixon's a very they, good example of that. Babe. Joe Mixon's a great example of that. Amazing running back line is just not that good. And that's, you know, evidenced Babe. by the fact that Joe Burrow is also getting beat up on a night-to-night basis, you know, when he based, was playing. Based off of the stats that, like, you know, like Pro Football Focus puts out or whatever, and the efficiency that the Green Bay running backs had this year, I'm not talking about prolificness. I'm talking about efficiency of their runs. Technically, the Green Bay offensive line was the best run-blocking line in football. So I get what you're saying. Maybe keep Lindsley, like you said, or, you know, Dylan proved in a snow game that he's good for 100. Um, And Jamal Williams has never got the chance to really be the guy. So we don't really know what he's even capable of, but he's been solid when he gets in. I think for his career, he's averaging like 5.2 a touch, which I know he doesn't run the ball or, you know, as much as, or, you know, he hasn't taken the workload yet. Um, sorry, what was your first question, though? Who's going to be the guy to change okay. it all? So, in free agency. So, I think a guy like Curtis Samuel from the Panthers is someone that they should consider, for sure. Um, he 
had he had around 400 yards, 300 yards rushing slash all purpose yards this year um, mm. with the end arounds and a few straight r- rushes out of the backfield for the Panthers. And he brings blazing, blazing, blazing speed out of the slot. He's a 4-2 guy out of the slot. Packers need a utility guy like that that is more than a punt return. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You need a weapon. So I think you could go get him for a fair price. I don't think it would be crazy to go get him. That's just looking on offense. Um, I think depending on what the price tag is, you got to look at a guy like A.J. Green. He's been a little banged up. He didn't want to play with the Bengals anymore. So, you know, he just hasn't really played, but he's not that old yet. He might be willing to take a decent contract to come in and be the number two, number three guy with Devante and with Lazard or with MVS. That's, that's completely, completely based on if he's willing to take a number, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that's not, that's not, I don't think, uh, uh, go get him at, no, no matter what type of guy, but I mm-hmm. think that that'd be a really good piece. I wish we would have got him a year and a half ago. Um, also have to remember, even though he probably won't be a starter, um, that the Packers do get Devin Funches back. So he will provide a little bit more on the outside. Um, we don't really know what he'll be like with Rogers. He's not really proved to be that great over his career, but we'll see. He's a good athlete. Um, and then I think a- another thing you got to keep in mind, sorry to cut in, but, uh, you know, kind of like Sven was saying, or both of you guys are saying, is Aaron Jones having such success because of the line or is it just because he's so good? And that conversation also feeds into Rogers recent play. Like Rogers is coming off one of the best years of his career, if not the best year. And, you know, he's always complained that he doesn't have enough weapons besides Devontae Adams. So you know, 48 touchdowns in a season with not that great of weapons. You got to look to your line. And if some of those guys are, you know, at risk of getting freed up into free agency, then I feel like rather than focusing on wide receivers, you got to trust in Rogers ability to use the weapons that he has and keep that line strong. I think the conversation that has to be had about that and I think it just shows, and there's people on defense that there's things on defense that I'd like to get to quick too that that need to be fixed that I think fix a lot of the Packers issues, quite frankly. But when you look at a team like Kansas City and when you look at a team like the Buccaneers, what do they not run out of? Even their no-name guys, what do they not run out of? Weapons. They pull weapons out of the closet. And obviously their big-name guys are – historically great and now turning into historically great or you know so that is what it is chris godwin great antonio brown still not that old really good gronk legend travis kelsey legend you get my point sammy watkins and miko hartman are like the number four and number five options for kansas city Mm -hmm. that is insane yeah that is absolutely insane so Mm -hmm. i'm not i i think rogers has a fine receiving core yeah, it's not bad. But when you run into teams who can double team Devante, what happens? You know, and, and then and then teams can start teeing off on Rodgers. It mm-hmm. doesn't matter how good the line is. When you know that you got his number one guy shut down, you can start taking chances. And that's the only time we got beat this year is when yeah. teams started taking chances. 
So I get your point about the weapon, but then look at the two teams who have won the Super Bowl in the last two years. And I get the Tom Brady shakeup, yada, 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 that that changes a lot of things. But one another weapon, I don't want big money spent on it. So that's why I think the Curtis Samuel. Well, no, no, I, that's why, because he doesn't have a big name yet. He doesn't I'm have. saying good luck. Good luck finding that. He doesn't yeah. have, he doesn't have the gaudy yards yet that would, that he could even ask for a gigantic contract. I think they signed T.Y. Hilton. I think that'd be good. I Put think, him in the slot. I think that would also be very good. Runs great routes. He has great hands. He wouldn't, you wouldn't have to teach him anything. He'll learn it in two seconds. So I think that's a good option. Um, and then on defense, I don't know if there's a price. I don't know if there's a price that we can get anyone for at linebacker that would be worth yeah. it. I just don't know if that's out there right now for the Packers and free agency. I think that they need to try and get someone at linebacker or, or you know, um, but then with the weird restructuring of contracts, there is still the possibility of J.J. Watt. That is – that's way out there still. That's – no, that's way out there still. Yeah. But um, when you look at the – who had the most double teams in the NFL last year? Who required the most double teams in the NFL last year? Answer that for me. Aaron Donald. For inside – rushers who required the most for outside rushers in the nfl the most double team blocks required um our our man Zadarius smith yeah he's number one who's number two jj watt i right. saw the tweet yeah that's fine that's fine <laughs> i'm just i'm just spreading some knowledge so twitter's coming in clutch so you know it'd all be based on a hometown discount a lot of restructuring that'd be insane but you do have to ask yourself the question. If you put the two guys on... Ask yourself one question, punk. Hey, you better ask yourself one question, punk. If you put the two guys who need to get double teamed the most on the same team, that means one of them is probably not going to be double team. Or spin zone. Spin zone. They double team both edges. And then and then because the Packers are in a 3-4, they can't, they can't get anybody through because... Well, that'd be Mike Patton. He wouldn't be he wouldn't be able to realize he'd be like oh, offensive line's too good. We gotta sink everybody into coverage. Yeah. Uh this new that Joe, this new guy, he's straight up said that he's going combo four three three four. So Oh yeah. They should run the old the old four six bear. Just two lines. <laughs> that'd be awesome. Just fucking <laughs> barrel through people. Um, but yeah, obviously that's a pipe dream, but why aren't you coaching yet? Why aren't you a coach? Who, me? Yeah. I am. On NCAA, Dan, I have won 10 straight national championships. (laughs) Oh, yeah. How could I I forget? Yeah, come on, dude. I brought this school right here, North Carolina, back to glory. Eight straight with North Carolina. Before that, I won five straight as an offensive coordinator with Auburn. My last season with Auburn as an OC, we lost one game. It was a regular season game against Texas A&M. We win the SEC championship, this one, this this championship right there. We win that. Now, hold with me here. Sounds like so, shitty coaching on that A&M so, game. Uh, well, it wasn't my fault. It was defense fault, first off. Just like Big Cat, not my fault. I scored 46. I don't know what else they want me to do, all right? I mean, I, I, can't, I can't play defense. So, 
now, okay, ready? Now you still followed me. Auburn was sixth going into the SEC championship game. I'm like, all right, if we win this, we got a shot. Because they're like the Big Ten had like two losses. So in the BCS era, they weren't going to make it. The Pac-12 stinks. It was like the Big 12, maybe I think they had Oklahoma had one loss. So if they lost this one, we had a shot, right? After the game, number three, number three in the nation, we get the uh the, the sugar bowl. Guess who gets the national championship? Not you. No. Two undefeated teams, but guess who they were, Dan? Just take a wild guess. Uh, Colorado. Conventional no. wisdom would say Alabama? No. No Power really? 5 schools. Really? Actually, one's a Power 5. Well, I, I think they're – yeah, they're Power 5. Uh, Washington. Not, Washington. No. Gophers? No. Toledo <laughs> um, and Army. Max really? National Championship wow, that's game. tough. They were both 12 and 0. I was I was very upset. It was Ohio State and Auburn in the other one. And then the next year with UNC, I go undefeated in the ACC, go undefeated overall, win the ACC championship. Guess who I play in the national championship game? Toledo kicked their ass. First of eight straight. Then I bolt from UNC to the Gophers. And suck, suck on that one, Max. Won a national championship. First year. One, I'm working on a second one this year. Beaver. And, Fever dream. This is all awesome. on. This is this is all on rookie though, right? No, dude. <laughs> if I was on rookie, I'd be beating team. No, literally, if I played on rookie, I would beat teams like a hundred and hundred and twenty eight to like fourteen. This should just be a, an extension of the podcast. Just how spend. Does if I and... could figure out how to stream, I don't know how to stream. Somebody have to teach me because I don't know hey. how to like connect my PS3 to like streaming. But I would do. I would stream NCAA football. Hey, it would be fun. Well, now now that we brought up the video games, the well, video games, yeah, get a load of this. Yeah, so <laughs> ridiculous. I'm, here, I'm, here, here. I'm I'm ranked top five thousand in the world at the show. Not a big deal. Hundred and like sixty thousand people have played it. So suck on that one, everyone. I'm pretty nasty at it. Well, not that nasty, but the number looks sweet. Dan, when you're playing a sports video game, and you're trying to win. Does it fucking matter who you're playing with if you're playing online against people? If you talk shit, it does. It absolutely does. If you're trying to gloat, it matters. Um, I mean, yeah, obviously, like if because uh, I I always just revert to chell. Like if I'm trying to kick someone's ass in a video game, like I'll take down anybody in chell. I'll take any challenge. No, if you want to talk shit, you're like, dude, I'll be the ducks or I'll be the coyotes because I'm like, yeah. I'm that good. It doesn't matter who I am. Yeah. Right? Okay. Exactly. Yeah, okay. Okay. You. Okay. I'll start streaming. With the, I'll start streaming with the shittiest fucking teams in baseball just to please you. You don't have to be the bad Blame teams. Me. You just can't be the worst. You just can't be the best ones. Yeah. Okay. You can't, okay. can't be the dot. Literally, just be any team okay. other than like the Dodgers and the Padres, and I'd okay. be like, that's a good win. Good the job. Pa- Padres are garb on uh, the show, in my opinion, but. Fair enough. What happens if you're playing teams like the Yankees or Atlanta? They're the second and third best team. Why does it fucking like? Because people should be playing with them. If you're my, my whole thing is I don't care if you play with the Dodgers or the Braves, but don't be like, Oh, I got 15 strikeouts with like the third best pitcher in the league and kick this dude's ass. Like if you did that with like, um, I hundred percent. Anderson with the but it's online. I'd be like, that's impressive. It's online. Yeah, I but he's got like the best, the best stuff in the game. That'd be like, I like again with Dan and Shell. Like, I'm not gonna roll up with goalie. the Vegas Knights and and kick someone's ass when they're Phoenix and just you know roast them for being bad at the game. 
because they have better players and it's okay, easier what? to play a game when you have better players. It's like if you, yeah, I don't know. Okay, if it's so, an even matchup, that's one thing. Like, okay, the Atlanta, okay. Atlanta, Los Angeles, that's fine. But like, if you're coming at me with 15 Ks against the Orioles, it's like, all right, like, that was a tough one. That was could have like, been a different team. I that was an example, like for sure. That's a tough look. The Orioles, that's a tough look. But um, what if? You know how in the show, how you can adjust your rating when they're trying to find a, an opponent? Sure. I've or, never played online, but I'll t- I take your, I trust you. I see so the like when, like when they're trying to search for it, they'll start with like the opponent's closest to your same rating and yeah. then they'll spread it out. So you, you can just find a match. It's like ultimate team. Right. Yeah. I mean, so, okay. so what if I just keep that bar near my rating, then does it fucking matter if I play with the best team, if I'm playing people just as good or better than me? Well, that comes down to if you're going to talk shit or not. Yeah. If you're going to gloat about it, you can't be the best team. Like, I don't know. I just, I, I feel like that's the rules. Like, <laughs> like do, do you guys get where I'm coming from though? Like, well, yeah, but let's say we're evenly matched and I'm like, all right. And you choose like in Madden, like you choose Kansas city. And I'm like, oh, well, I already chose the Browns. Like, yeah, you should win that matchup, whether we're evenly matched or not, you know? That's why, you know, moral of the story is just talk shit the whole time. doesn't matter who you are. <laughs> just talk shit the yeah, whole time. See, hey, fuck you guys. I'm going to keep playing with the Dodgers. Keep no, it up. I'm going to, Spencer, after, uh, after we're done here, I'm going to, well, we'll see if there's any good hockey on. I think there's a few good games on tonight. But obviously we have a bunch more shit to get through, clearly. But after we're done with this, I'm going to start playing with, is it fair to, is it fair to play with my Cubbies? They go between being ranked like sixth and like 10th overall yeah because in my eyes they're not very good on paper so yeah exactly why i don't fucking play with them on the game <laughs> yeah i know that's what i'm saying so if you beat people with the cubs i'd be like all right you're like that's that's fine all right well uh-huh. that's fine if you if, right. if you do if you if you throw a shutout with kyle Hendricks, i'll be like all right like you 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 earn that you earn that talk you earn that you okay. deserve to be in the top five thousand. so Okay, I, I, I do get your point. Like, I think it's completely valid. But top 5,000 out of 160,000 feels pretty sick. You don't, oh, yeah, no, you don't get any money bad. for you don't get any money for being 5,000. But um, do you think – fuck, I forgot how I was going to ask this. Oh, shit, it was about video games, and now I can't remember. Um, oh, it was about the Cubs. So if I'm playing with the Cubs, sorry to anyone listening who doesn't enjoy video games and or a, a tad bit of drama. Hey, you know um, what? You know what? There's that there's that 30 second skip. You don't want to listen to this part? Bam. Yeah, skip it. Just so saying. if I if I'm playing with with the Cubs, like Kyle Hendricks, pretty high ranking. What what if I throw a no uh, or a shutout with you Darvish? Does that count? Well, he's not on the Cubs anymore, so Yeah, but on MLB twenty, he's still on the roster and I can't they do haven't, any... they haven't updated that yet. No, I can't do anything about that. I don't no, if you want to when you choose a team, you can be – if you want to throw their ace every single time, I have no problem with that. The The issue that I have is when people choose the fucking Dodgers and they're like, oh, and I'm not saying Walker, Walker Buehler because you used him today, but, like, Walker Buehler is, like, their fourth best pitcher. Well, I use their fourth best pitcher, dude, but it's like Walker Buehler would be, like, the second best pitcher on, like, almost every other team. If like, not I'm the first going best. Back, yeah. yeah, going back to the Chell thing, like, Marc-Andre Fleury or Robin Leonard, like, Oh, I used their backup goalie, dude. I don't know. Like, yeah, well, it was Marc-Andre Fleury. Like, that's not really a backup goalie traditionally, you know? Here's, here's what I'll say. If you're this concerned about it, 
the easiest way to fix it is when you face off against someone that you know, just say, here's the deal. I'll let you choose my team so that you put that ball in their court. There you go. And if they think that you're that good, then they'll say to themselves, because if they're worried about playing you, then they'll say, all right, I'm just going to give you the worst team and we'll see how things go. And then they'll give themselves the best team. So if you're that good at the show. So yeah, Spencer, I think you, that is a fair point, Dan. That is a fair point. But Spencer, I think you should play the show online because I've noticed. I, I would just get super mad. I think potentially the first few times, yes. But I've noticed when you play, like if you pitch traditionally, like how you should pitch in an actual game, not that work. no no it does work and not that many people understand how to like not that many people understand like what a good combination of pitches is and oh. you you do so if you have a good pitcher or whatever you, so if you, you use fucking clay kershaw you can win every game <laughs> oh. yeah, it, uh, i get what you're saying i get what you're no, saying no i think everything's you, just gonna whip around and just catch you on the back of the head marcus no matter no, what you say no I, 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 I agree with spencer like if if i'm trying to show off against someone hell yeah i'm gonna let them give me the worst team in the nhl oh hell yeah i mean I'm if give I'm, them the best team if i play video games sitting down with like with my buddies i don't i'll play as anyone i don't care like that's fair but on online either I'll i mean start, no yeah. no just just to fucking please you two. No, no, I don't. I, no! I have no problem. No! I have no problem. You want to keep using the Dodgers, you go for it. Just don't send me snaps being like, oh, kick this guy's ass. Like, if you're going to send me a snap, make it make it to the Cubs or make it of a team that's, like, not the best in the league. Okay, if you so, want to keep going competitively, I have no problem with that. Hey, keep using so, the Dodgers. Because so, I'm not saying I wouldn't do the same with the okay. Red Sox, like, a couple years ago. So, yeah, that see, that would have put you in a tough situation. Two thousand still done it. To, yeah, to, to, to you're thousand. not a Dodgers fan, though. I know I fucking hate the Dodgers. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. So why are you using them? Because they're fucking good. Yeah. Well, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> so I'm either gonna obviously start playing with shittier teams, or I'll start uh, doing ratings adjusters when I'm matchmaking for for that. How about you can be the Dodgers and I'll be the Arizona Coyotes and we'll play. Yeah, want to take some acid too? Yeah, <laughs> we'll we'll play each other. Yeah, that the crossover that no one knew that we needed baseball on ice. Exactly. Baseball um, on ice. Let's talk about a little ice. Uh, let's talk about some Big Ten hockey. So yeah, Dan, let's talk about a little ice. You're blowing hot ice. So from this last weekend, I'm just gonna go through a quick little rundown of some games that happened. Um, first series I noticed Michigan lost. To Ohio State. Nice. That that is a bad loss for Michigan, I do believe. Uh according to my own to my own standings, to my own calculator, because I'm the fucking big time hockey guy. That's a fucking horrible loss for Michigan to take at this time of the year. Horrible. Ohio State's bad, but not bad. the worst team. But Michigan State's so Spencer, you would have to agree though, no? That what? Michigan State, yeah, they're well, ass. since since no, Michigan, sorry. Since Michigan oh. missed a few games and they're not going to be able to make those back up, taking yeah. that loss to Ohio State at that point or at this point in the year is a bad loss. So they agree, lost yeah. they lost two to three on Thursday night. Friday night they did they did make up for it and they won six to zero. So that looks a lot better, obviously. Um Minnesota took care of business this weekend. <laughs> yeah, they did. Four to two and five to one. Wisco yeah, fucking Wisco let me down. 
Yeah, they split, and that's fine. Notre Dame is a good hockey team. That's okay. Not even ranked, though. No. no. They're close, though. They're they're in the cusp, I think, aren't they? They are, they are. And the voters, the voters this week didn't move Wisconsin be, because of this split. So obviously, they see Notre Dame as being not a horrible team. Clearly, if they're not going to move Wisconsin after that, um, so tough. God, they should not have lost. They should not have lost, and that's what that's what sucks, Spencer. I told you we were going to talk about this, but I'd like to hear a little bit about Minnesota first. Um, can you give me an update on the standings? So, um, and an update on how the Big Ten tournament is going to get seated. Yes, yes. Going to be by winning percentage, not by record or by points. Is that be- different from years past? Yes, it's usually by points, and right. now it's going Which to be- makes sense. Yeah, now it's going to be because win percentage because of not every team is going to have the same amount of games played. Ah, okay. So it's just this year that it's changing like that. Yeah, I like that though. Oh, okay. That makes sense. That's fine. Yeah, that for this sense. year, I'm cool with it. But well, re- yeah, I'd be fine with it, but then don't have points. I guess you know. Yeah, I think it's just that they planned on having points and they were already right. keeping points. So, and it's a lot. It's a lot easier calculation wise on the eyes or on the head. Oh yeah. When you look at a few points apart and go, okay, well that's one win and one loss for the other team to make that up. Versus when I look at a point six eight three and a point seven five zero, I go, fuck, I can't do that kind of math in my head. <laughs> like, so. Sure. Uh, whatever. I think it's just going to be for the that rest of this year. Um, they took it based off of the women's WCHA. This is how the women do it every year. Yeah. So they they took it based off that, and it, they clearly found that it works. So whatever. Well, I think for them too, just a quick note, like there's so many teams that, you know, only have like two losses, but they might have played a different amount of games by those two or whatever, where it makes yeah. sense. I mean, those there's like that top four, or that top five is always like over a 900 winning percentage. So, yeah. So sitting at the top of the standings, um, your boys have been running the table uh, pretty oh. much, pretty much all year after the first few weekends. Oh. Um, Minnie has 45 points at a, at a point seven five zero win percentage Wisco has 41 points with 0.683 Michigan with two less games played than Notre Dame has 29 points and a 0.57 or 0.537 Notre Dame also has 29 points because of the way of the structure but only has a 0.483 so with the way that you can score points in the Big Ten you can really get a lot of variage between teams that could be tied points and teams that are, you know, tied win percentage-wise, obviously. Wisconsin, Michigan, or Wisconsin, Minnesota, they're 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 pretty much in. Um Wisconsin plays Ohio State this weekend. Um, it's another uh what I said two weeks ago going into Michigan State. How good Wisconsin is with the roster they have, with the teams they've proven they can beat this year. Need a sweep. Need a sweep. The people who voted kept them at five because they are a good team. Need a sweep. Good team. Need to take care of business. Yeah. <laughs> uh, now is where we get into it with the games this weekend. So Minnesota pre- doesn't have one. They don't play this weekend? Well, they were supposed to play Penn State, weren't they? Oh, yeah. That got canceled. Anyways, I'm, no. I, I'm talking about the games from last weekend. Oh, right. Up. Yeah, 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 yeah. They had two and we kicked ass. 
Yeah. So let's hear. Did you watch them? Yeah. No. 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 We're not TV. I thought those ones must were... do it. Saw the highlights on Twitter. Saw the goals on Twitter. Hey, Twitter, Twitter, okay. coming in clutch. So right. I guess we'll kind of skip them a tiny bit, other than the oh. fact that they kicked ass against such the shittiest team in the Michigan conference. State, Michigan State is bad at hockey. They were four zero after the first period in the second game. So yeah, that's not that's not great. But Wisconsin. So Minnesota's Friday. got a Minnesota's got a tough schedule coming up though. Yeah, Two games yeah. against Michigan. That's not. Uh, not know. ideal. Not ideal. But not great. But two. if we're going by winning percentage. We're doing okay. Yeah, I'm not. I'm, I'm not stressed. No. And, it, you know, tough games coming out of those two games with two dubs, ideally, would definitely do um, us some good going into the tournament. Oh, yeah, that would make us feel nice and, well, nice and rosy. buttered up. We're looking uh, – think about how different the Wisconsin season and the Minnesota season look right now if Wisconsin's not 3-1 and one against them. Because that's the only bad series that Minnesota's had. Yeah. yeah. Really, relatively speaking. They they took a bad sweep in Notre Dame, whatever. But Yeah, but they came back and like thoroughly kicked their ass. I mean, yeah. you know. So I think that's the only series this year that Minnesota doesn't have at least a tie-in. Mm. So think about how weird the big the big time would not look as good actually if Minnesota would have won those games potentially. I'm not talking like uh, even split. I mean, look at the point differential. They're up by four right now. If they split, they're up by seven. Right, and I think I think that might have ended up hurting the Big Ten coming down the stretch here if we're trying to get another team in. Right now, Notre Dame by more than they're up by ten if they split that because the Badgers don't get. Oh, they would get one. Never mind. Yeah, Um, by nine. So yeah, I mean, right now it's Minnie and Wisco. Uh, duking it out, uh, obviously, and I'll I'll get to the Wisconsin game, but they sit alone. Um, Minnesota truly controls their own destiny. It, it it's in their own hands. Wisconsin kind of the same right now too. Um, if they just keep winning, then fine for both for both of them. Um, for I like Minnesota- a lot of the I like a lot of the keys that Minnesota is kind of relying on at the moment though. Compared to Wisconsin, I feel like Minnesota is really, really strong goaltending at the moment. And that, you know, end season is is really what you want and need. Well, that, I think I'm obviously that, a little biased, though. I think that Wisconsin's had the best goaltending that they've had in eight years. Um, and I think we might start to see a change because Cameron Rowe is a better goaltender than Robbie Baydoun. And a month ago, Spencer, I was fine with with them splitting time. I understood. Yeah. Well, they were both getting wins. And now, to me, it seems like Wisconsin plays better when Cam Rose in that. He is better. His save percentage is like a 941 or a 939, something pretty high. Um, big kid. He's a freshman. And we might be looking at a goaltender finally at Wisconsin who's going to be here for a while again and be good so that's nice to see um wisconsin's power play is also unreal outrageous their power play is scoring at an outrageous rate is it second or first in the country do right you now? think that that hurts them though the power why play? Would, why would that like, hurt them well i'm saying if do they sorry not hurt them does it rely do they rely on it too much for goals no. i mean because that can that's that's what happened to the bruins the last couple of years in the no, pod, not when they so, went to the final but 
So my thoughts on that question are, they don't, in my opinion at all, rely on the power play too much because their five on five scoring is, is very solid too. that. No, I would be nervous about their, their power play number if their five on five scoring was horrible, but their five on five scoring, I think is top 10 in the country too. So the power play is like a little cherry on top. Really you get, you get UW on a power play and they're going to, they're going to start to put some points up. I, I think I, I look at the power play as like being able to shoot free throws in basketball for Wisconsin right now. It's an opportunity to get a few extra goals because they are, they right now they're running three lines that are all scoring. Yeah. I mean, 30% is crazy. Almost 31%. That's ridiculous. But to answer your question, Spen, only 22 of their 72 goals this season are on the power play. Um, so I get what you're saying. Cause you know, it's, it's easy to fall back on that, especially if you guys are kind of on a hot streak and, and, kind of on a roll with your power play unit, but I. They've scored enough other ways that I don't think it's just that. Yeah, exactly. I feel like they've proven that they can, you know, be a pretty good offensive threat. Um, I, I, I think, I think they're, I think that they're set up in a, they're in a good spot right now. I think that they're set up in a good spot. The game that they lost and, and the, according to the big 10 standings, they didn't even lose that game this weekend. It was mm-hmm. a tie. It was a tie that they lost in a shootout. So they didn't, they didn't actually lose any percentage points on that. They lost, uh, they gained one big 10 point, an actual point, but those points don't matter anymore. So not the worst loss where, what I hated and what I saw is that Wisconsin was up three different times in that game and they still couldn't find a way as a good hockey team to put that one to fucking bed. When you're a good hockey team, much like what they did against Minnesota, they got up on Minnesota. Minnesota scored a few goals, but then they put them away and played mm. good hockey and, and didn't even allow them to get back in the game. Yeah. They let Notre Dame in that second game fuck around and, and get back into it and start going. And even though Wisconsin kept, grinding back and getting back into it as well you could just feel that it just was not going to turn out their way you could feel it you know when you're watching those games and although on paper or when you're watching it doesn't technically look bad but it just isn't right it it was just one of those whatever i mean got a bad feeling about it just yeah it was just got a bad feeling about it just turned it just turned shitty the way because what scott i said Wisconsin, uh, Wisconsin was up two zip in the first game, and then Notre Dame came out and scored three unanswered goals in the second period. And talk about a fucking momentum killer! Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean that that's just brutal. Or, or one goal late in the first and two goals to start the second early. So it was just tough. Um, but I did like that Wisconsin also battled back. They did. end up tying the game late to force it to overtime so that lead that's signs of a good hockey team as well that even though you the momentum says no you still found a way to get it done shout out to ty pelton bice he had a play with 13 seconds left that badgers down by one dylan holloway wins a nice face off right to him slap shot off the face off pass top titty to tie it up send it to overtime so that's pretty sick um that's cool to watch, but and to lose it, to lose it, to lose it in a shootout, 
when you had opportunities to win sucks. Um, and then on the shootout, I thought, even though friend of the program, friend of ours, Tony, I thought your, your choice of people was questionable, my friend. I don't know. Maybe the other people who I thought should have went are, are horrible at shootouts, but I didn't think that he picked the three best goal scorers that the team has. And based off of the points that they could put up, they have the number one, number two, and number three point scorers in the country. I would put all three of those guys out there to probably shoot the puck, but that's just me. <laughs> um, you know what I mean? Maybe yeah. they're maybe they're bad at shootouts, and in practice you can see that. I also didn't like that he let off with Cole Caulfield because Cole missed it. And when the best shooter in the country leads off and misses it, doesn't put a ton of confidence in the two guys that got to go behind him. Mm-hmm. So I, I I like him in those situations to be the number three guy, or, or you know to have a chance to put it home or have a chance to send it to a longer shootout. Um, but we have the top three point scorers in the country. I believe four of our players are in the top 10, which makes sense with the goals they can put up. We have two goalies that are above a 900 save percentage that have both played solid, legitimate minutes that you can look at that save percentage and, and agree that that 900 is legit. And you have a defenseman in Tyler Inamoto who is leading the nation on a team that is leading or top five in block shots. There's a lot of pieces there, boys, that, that as a fan and as a hockey lover and a college hockey lover, that's a lot of the right pieces getting put together. Right before the tourney. Right before the tourney. I mean, that, and I think Minnesota's in the, in a very similar position. I think Minnesota gets a lot a lot more consistency from four line consistency scoring. I wouldn't necessarily say consistency skating. Yeah. But Minnesota is a lot better at getting four lines a few more touches. Mm-hmm. The two teams look like they're really set up to to go on a huge run and I hope when the the bracket comes out at the end of the Big 10 tournament assuming they both have good big 10 tournaments. I hope they're opposite of each other. I'm assuming because I'm assuming because of travel, there's no chance that that, that the country will allow it or, you know, two teams that are so close to each other. I don't see them being in opposite brackets. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Be a real treat. If somehow we could get a North Dakota, Wisconsin, Minnesota, I don't know, Boston, Final Four somehow. But I feel like Boston's the team to watch out for right now. Yeah. Boston's tough. North Dakota's fucking tough. Boldy is really fucking good. Um, Is that Matt Boldy? Yeah. I'd rather have Boldy on my squad than Caulfield any day. But I'm also – Maybe so because of the size and because you love the Gophers. Well, he's a – I love the wild. Wild Oh, he's going to the wild. Oh yeah. Yeah. I didn't know that, I guess. Yeah. Who was, what did you say about top four in the nation or something? In what, what stat? I believe Tyler Inamoto is one for sure. Top five in block shots in the country. Oh, I can't pull that up. 
who's is Wisconsin the top 10 in block shots as a team because they've made a very clear difference between the last few years that they're going to play defense because they played no defense the last few years like zero they played no defense the last two years I, I mean I'm just being <laughs> it just, honest it just sounds funny well I mean it's the cold hard truth and I think a lot of the people on the coaching staff and on the team would agree that the defense was horrible the last few years um but yeah, yeah. I don't know I think I think Anno is leading the country in block shots but what yeah, you said so what was the offensive one uh, Wisconsin's got the top, top three, three scores. I think the top three scores in the country. What does that like, mean? Like, like when you goals say or points? I think points. I know number one and number two, or number one and number three for goals, but I think for points it's one, two, three for Wisconsin, other than maybe Sample Rantha. Goals per game? No, I'm talking literal points, like, like how many points they have this year, assists and goals. Oh. which if you're the highest scoring team in the country, of course, your top, your three best players should probably be up there, but whatever, it doesn't matter. Or does it for what you're about to say, I guess. <laughs> He's fact-checking you hard. Well, sorry, I always have to. No, Cole Caulfield is number one and Weissback is number six. And oh. Those are the only people they have in their top ten. But, that must have changed after this last weekend because going into last weekend, they were both one and two or one and three. But whatever. Um, still, though, I mean, the top point score. Damn, Illinois is losing to Michigan State right now. Oh, that's bad for the Big Ten right now. What's the score? Yeah. Um, 50. 56 to 37 with 10 minutes left. Oh my God. Well, there goes that one seed, boys. Horrendous. <laughs> wow. That's terrible. <sighs> it just got shoved right up my ass mid episode. That is terrible. Mid episode oh just God. shoved it right up my ass. Michigan State, what are you doing? Tom Izzo. Tom Izzo. Tom, what are you doing? Yeah, Tom Izzo. Yeah. Tom Izzo said, don't count me out yet, boys. I'm still here to ruin a few seasons. Fuck the tournament. I'm trying to ruin some seasons. Yeah. But um, uh, Wisconsin set up well. Minnesota set up well. I think Michigan will probably end up being in the tournament based off of how the voters view their ability. Um, yeah. And we're going to have a, we're going to have ourselves a, a fucking shootout at Compton family ice arena in about three weeks. Compton. Because a lot, lot of good teams. A lot of good teams. A lot of good teams. I like that. It's true. And in case you forgot, you win, uh, you win one of these conference tournaments, you get an auto bid. So, so when my boys Michigan State win it all, they're going to go to the tournament. All right, Dan. <laughs> On that all right. Note. Wild time, bro. It's time for the NHL, baby. It's time it's for you time to, to talk time. and for me to check out. Wow. <laughs> well, where do we even start with this? Well, you I can't check. We had outdoor games. You can't check out fully. I'm not. I'm here. I'm still here. Pasta really brought the show after the eight-hour delay. Mm. That ice was just atrocious at Tahoe. Well, Mark, Marcus and I were talking a little bit before this. Yeah, it was ass. It was too hot. It. So I, I get 
everyone like online about that is all like, oh yeah, duh, no shit. Like, yeah. duh, of course. It's like, okay, you dumb fucks. Of course, when we have two or an inch of ice out on the street and it's sunny, of course it's gonna melt. But when professionals and scientists are involved that bring in cold, cold, cold coils, like professional coils, obviously, that are inside of rinks. Yeah. That, that, like, what, like, ha- what happened was a complete anomaly. They've played outdoor games at Angel Stadium in Los Angeles. Yeah. Like, it can be done in hot weather. It just was a weird, weird happening. Yeah, and I feel like it's kind of a symbol of how you know, every major sports season has gone so far during COVID, you know, seriously, kind of uh, just like the cherry on top, but also like they set that rink up like 24 hours before the game. You would think yeah. that they set it up long before the game so that they can, you know, monitor it and make sure that the ice is ready to go during game time. And that, I don't know, it just seemed like it was kind of last second effort to, you know, get it going. I mean, I saw like a notification on, on my, uh, instagram where it was like in case you forgot there's some games this weekend at lake tahoe and i was like oh yeah i did forget about it just because there's no advertising about it until this week i think that um probably some of the things to do with setting it up a day before is my guess is because that golf course that they're on is pretty famous and like one of the nicer ones in the country and my guess is the lake tahoe or whoever owns that golf course Cause they have like PGA tour events there and shit. Yeah. I like, yo, you can come do this for free. You're not ruining my course. But if you, <laughs> but if you put, if you put your fucking rink on my course for more than a few days or a day or whatever, you're yeah. going to permanently damage it. Or, you know, cause any, any grass in the world, especially with that kind of irrigation and that kind of scientists that are in charge of that course, they can fix a little stain from a hockey rink in the winter. but if it's there for a week right. plus uh, freezing and melting and freezing and melting snow underneath it, that might mm-hmm. legitimately damage it. So that's my guess, but I'm no course expert. Um, but yeah, the ice sucked and that, I mean, obviously they'll never let that happen again. Um, I think they got to go to Lake Louise. Um, I think if they're going to do another outdoor one with limited to no fans, bringing it back to the old school style of hockey, I think you go up into the old Banff National Forest in Canada and play one well, at Lake Canada. Louise. Hey, I mean, Battle of Alberta, but they should or, actually do it on the lake. Yeah, yeah, or like a Great Lake or something oh, like that. Oh, Lake Superior, that'd be sick. That'd be sick. That'd I don't think there's sweet. any there's town just... that borders Lake Superior that could support that kind of Duluth. thing. Duluth could. Yeah. It'd be close. But yeah. the only issue that well, they, they could do have... Chicago too, like Navy Pier. Well, that's not big enough for a rink, but that'd be cool. The, awesome. the only issue they would have with doing a Lake Superior game is they would have to do it in the late fall, like the beginning of December, because uh, the last time I checked, <laughs> the fucking weather sucks in northern yeah. Wisconsin and in the UP. Um, there's just no chance that they could play an outdoor game right now, like yeah, at this time in the year. You wouldn't be able to play it on the lake because the conditions it's freeze. Yeah, it doesn't freeze over. So, except for this year, I'm pretty sure it froze over completely this year. Probably did. the last couple of years it has been. I think. You know, what would be a cool thing for them to do for an outdoor rink, Hawaii. Hell I mean, yeah! I don't I know if it'd be possible, but think of it like with a volcano, like just like that, like try. I don't know. That'd be sweet. Like when they did the All Star Game on like the USS 
Davis or whatever. Yeah. Have, like an NBA All Star game. On oh both. yeah. Yeah, that'd be sick. Maybe both. Yeah. That's that'd that's awesome. hard to do too. Like an aircraft carrier. I think if they yeah. went to like the North Atlantic, like up by Alaska, and like one of the Aleutian like the Bear, like the Bering Sea. That'd be sick. It's like I would, that, I have like it's an like... aircraft carrier. Right. Yeah. They're just chopping. Like, oh my god, you'd be having, you'd have guys just yakking everywhere it's like it's like deadliest catch in the middle of crab season you have 30 foot seas in the bearing sea and to make and to make a basket you have to throw a, a, a basketball 100 feet in the air before your boat goes up on the wave <laughs> like yeah it's like owen wilson <laughs> in that one movie where he was a fighter pilot they like would kick field goals off the off the uh aircraft carrier and the boat and everything was going so fast you could kick it out and then it would like spin and it would come all the way back and you could come and like catch it wow yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Uh, but no, I'm pretty excited. I mean, the last time we spoke, I was obviously a little down because it seemed like the wild lost everyone in the span of like two days, 48 hours or something like that. Um, obviously, we're a lot more healthy now. And I think that's it's going to be really good for us because a lot of our guys that, you know, Z- Zuccarella comes to mind. Um, been out for Duke, a my boy yeah. yeah and he's lighting it up right now seven points in three games that's ridiculous huh? um granted we're not playing the best teams out west but um you know game's a game and, and wins a win and what well, we scored six goals the other night Last six night. goals with six goals so hey when is camp talbot gonna be back because he's my fantasy he's one of my fantasy uh goalies yeah. need that guy back in the crease he is back cockinen's just playing really well right now Ugh. um so- but i mean Everything's looking good for us. Our line combinations are making sense, at least to me, they make a lot of sense. And we're, yeah, you know, we're rolling out with, with a good squad right now. The only thing that's really holding us back right now is the power play. I mean, we're ranked 29th in the league out of 31 teams on the power play. We're, our success rate's nine percent, so not great. Mm-hmm. Um, but I know Everson recently has been trying to, you know, shake things up a little bit and he completely like wiped his previous power play strategy and he's just throwing out the top line on the power play. Cause it's, it's working regular in regular play. So, so um, I'm well, sorry, continue Dan. No, I was just going to say, I mean, I'm excited to kind of see how things go now that we're, you know, fully healthy, quote unquote, still very bummed that, that Rossi's not going to be making the trip across the pond to play for us this year. Cause I was really excited to see, you know, how that. Where's he from? Out. He's from Switzerland, or he's playing in the Swiss League. That's where Zuccarello? No, he's Swedish. Uh, Niederreiter. Niederreiter was Niederreiter, Swiss. Swiss, yeah. And what Corelli or Kaprizov is what? Russian. He's Russian. Oh, is he? Yeah. Rossi's Austrian, but he plays in the Swiss League. But, um, gotcha. yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm just excited because I think, you know, a lot of the guys that we have kind of picked up over the years, like your, your Victor Rasks, your Zuccarellos. Victor your Rask is playing really well. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, we expected those guys to kind of continue their level of play when they came to us. And right away, you know, it was definitely a head scratcher watching them play. Cause it was like, why do we waste a guy like Niederreiter to get, you know, Victor Rask in our lineup? But now that he's, he's really showing up to play, it's, it's definitely exciting to see. We just got to figure out the power play if we're going to, you know, have so, any hope of long-term success. So yeah. I'm looking at the West division or whatever, the Golden Knights are winning it and have 23 points, but that's the most winnable division in hockey right now, in my opinion. If you look at the top team versus the bottom team, it's the closest margin um, in points. Um, 
granted they're also playing i feel like the west division well i guess not really i mean all divisions there are some teams that are kind of getting screwed over i mean dallas has only played 13 games um you know some teams are just getting kind of screwed over by covid right now and i feel like the west especially i mean no one's touched 20 games yet in the west that should show you you know that should put things into perspective a little bit yeah no and and that's that's fine i'm sure that those games will get made up i guess my point being is i don't a i expected the sharks to be way worse than one game below 500 i'll take Mm -hmm. that i'll take that right now considering that in the last three years following that stanley cup run or getting to the stanley cup i know they got close again but they've been getting worse every year and they've been getting rid of more good players every year yeah so I'm not that displeased with them. I think I said I didn't, uh, Spencer, I think I said to you before the season started that I didn't expect that much out of the Sharks necessarily mm-hmm. this year. So that's kind of like what we were ta- talking about last night, Dan, when we were texting or whatever in the group chat. I'll slander the Sharks myself because I understand they're not that great. So I'll take that. I'll take that heat. Sure. Uh, um, but uh, Brent Burns is playing very well. So that's a great sign Tomas Hurdle has been banged up so that freaking stuff stinks uh, Timo Meyer has been playing well the issue I'm having and it, it wasn't a bad contract and now it's one of the worst contracts in NHL history Eric Carlson's groin is hurt again yeah he is he has not gotten back to what he was before he got hurt. Sure. I don't think he's ever going to get back to what he was before he was hurt. And now the Sharks are looking at swallowing an 11 or a eight year, $88.5 million contract. They took an 11.5 AAV hit per year mm-hmm. for a dude that's not probably even going to be on the team in three years and a dude who has yet to play 70% of the games for the Sharks. Yeah. That's a lot of fucking money. And and I, I say so, and yeah. I I get that if he returns from that injury the first time and is as good, he's worth all that money. Mm-hmm. Because when he left the Senators, he's coming off a year off of a Norris trophy. He's coming off one of the few defensemen and and I know he's an offensive defenseman, so that's kind of an asterisk, but point getter to come along in with Brent Burns. Point getter. <laughs> Well, he is. He snaps the puck around. He's a point getter. Uh, he's an assist machine. And, you know, when he played with Ottawa, his stick and his skating was so good that he didn't have to play physical defense and he was still good at or decent enough at defense. Yeah. I wanted it to work out. I called it. Um, I had a big thing with Ryan Whitney. He owes me a flight or he has to quit golf still. I haven't forgot Ryan Whitney. He made a bet with me on Twitter, that motherfucker never followed through with it and then tried to chirp me on his own podcast shout out to ra and biz nasty for having my back they did agree with me in the podcast so that's kind of sick um but yeah i called their carlson trade um i almost creamed in my pants when spencer texted me that morning and said it actually happened and then he gets here starts off the sharks make a pretty decent run with him being banged up into the playoffs with a good team with pabs and the whole crew still around brennan dillon um good draw or uh 
Yeah, Barclay. Barclay, Goodrow, who just went and won a cup with goddamn Tampa. Tampa, and he's playing so well with Tampa now. Good for him. But yeah, tough, tough contract, and it's going to end with up Carlson. Being, yeah, it's, it's going to end up being one of the worst contracts in NHL history, probably. You know, it's interesting because his plus minus overall in his career is minus fifty. And granted, you know, he was playing on some pretty bad teams, and you know, he's been playing on a hot and cold Sharks team. Well, I mean, all year but one with the Senators, horrible teams. I don't think anybody would look at that contract off the bat, though, and, and you know, say anything negative about it. You know, I think I think everybody right off the bat was thinking that you know the Sharks are going to get what they're paying for. Oh yeah, right. And I think I think when he does play, like. For the most part, that's true. Um, but, you know, he's also, you know, pretty injury prone. And we didn't know that either. He played close to full seasons every season in Ottawa, yep. minus a few. So I understand what you're saying, but to a certain extent, it, I was saying this similar when we were talking before this about Parisian Suter. Um, you know, right away, I was like, wow, these guys are going to add so much to the team. And like, yeah, they deserve this money because they're elite talent. but Overall, like it's a pretty disappointing contract for both of them, just based on how well they've performed for us. Um, well, and I just, you're not you're never going to score perfect every single time you hand out a contract, you know. Yeah, it, it's not an exact science. No, and on paper coming over, that I mean, on paper coming over, that's the contract or the trade that the Sharks get to win them a Stanley Cup. That yeah. was the move that they got to try and put him over the hump that was the final sure. piece and it blew up in their face well they almost did it though i know i mean they wouldn't have beat the bruins but you know they that they, they made it to the cup and they made it to the western conference final the right. year after so they were close right but not but now what that has cost them is brennan Dillon is playing for championships in dc barclay goodrow is won a championship with the lightning Joe Pavelski, Joe Pavelski, Mr. San Jose, other than Patrick Marlowe, but some would make the argument that if you think about Sharks hockey, Joe Pavelski. Yeah. Number eight is going to be hung in the AP, in the SAP center someday. You know, you watch pieces like that walk away after you were so close and you couldn't re-sign those pieces because of that contract. That's bad. Yeah. Um, you know, on a different note, I feel like the team that I love watching suffer through a season, which has been hard to come by because they've been kind of a, somewhat of a dynasty. Chicago. Yeah. They're looking really, really good right now. I, I hate the Hawks. I do too. I, I, love, I love nothing more than going to a playoff game and watching the Wild kick the shit out of the Sharks. <laughs> the three times that I've done that. But – they're looking really, really good right now. I mean, their their lines are so deep at the moment, and you know, wait, wait until they are, wait until they get their third best player back. Taves? You think he's gonna come back? Kirby Doc. Oh, I thought you were talking about Taves. Yeah, Cur- Cur- Kirby Doc's an animal. When is he coming back? Should I add him on my he, fantasy team? No, he's still like a three month. He would be a playoff addition because he yeah. broke he broke his hand in the World Juniors. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I, and 
you know, the, the loss of Taves is obviously, you know, kind of a kick to the teeth, but yeah, with, what they're, with what they're rolling out with right now, their rookie goalie is not only in Calder contention, Lankinen, yeah. he's in Vezina contention. And that's, you know, that's something that they haven't really had recently with, you know, releasing Crawford and getting rid of him. And now, you know, kind of switching over to Lankinen and giving you know, him free reign in net. And you got young guys like Debrinkat and Kubalik and obviously oh, Kane. is so good. Debrinkat is Debrinket a is fucking freak. He yeah. is a freak. And last... So is, so is Kubalik, man. Kubalik. So Kubalik. Kubalik. What? It's Kubalik, I'm pretty sure. Kubalik, Kubalik. <laughs> Same shit. 30 goals for his rookie year. I mean, that's unreal. The first time you said it, I'm like, who the fuck is Kubalik? I was trying to put <laughs> another person in my head. Yeah. Like, it ooh. sounds it sounds cooler. Kubalik sounds cooler than Kubalik. So you're looking at you know, Stan Bowman's pretty much fucked that team right into the ground and somehow they're still winning games. I mean, because yeah. because if you're looking at the the Blackhawks, A, what they've done with their roster is miserable, miserable choices across the board, pretty much. Um yeah. That Brent Seabrook signing, even though he was a feel-good team, or, you know, feel-good because he won some cups, when they signed him a few years ago for however much money, that immediately, uh, yikes. Question mark, big time. Yikes. Wow, <laughs> I, mean, I mean, big time, yikes. Not, well, they not, also just have a history of getting rid of guys that go on to other teams and are amazing. Some like odd. Artemi Panarin? Panarin, yeah. Which is also... Dude, did you guys hear about that? That's something in and of itself. We could spend a whole episode talking about that and just getting into the politics of what's yeah. going on Aaron right now. Did you guys so hear about I did hear about it. And before we talk on it, I want more details to come out about it because here's my opinion on it. Yeah, absolutely. I feel P- the same way. Panarin was very outspoken about the Russian government and how the Russian people are treated. And Putin and the Russian government are rather notorious for making shit up about famous or, or, or making shit up about people who speak against them, or they'll just literally go kill you. Like, yeah. like that's not that crazy. You can't, yeah. you can't go put a hit on Artemi Panarin. So that's a little conspiracy of me to think all of this, but not. It's also a very touchy subject and you don't want to point fingers when, you know, it's, it's, well, it's a very strong accusation, and if it's true, it's horrible. So yeah. I, I would, I would even like, if it's not true, like if someone says that, that's you know, a horrible someone, accusation. Exactly, and so there definitely has to be some um, investigating into that before you know we say much much else. But the sphere surrounding it, the whole like what you said about you know Russian politics and how certain matters are handled and have been handled in the past. Definitely a little concerning right off the bat, but also, you know, there's, you know, on the other side of things, it's, it's, well, you would want to give some credit to that story to at least make sure that we're not playing a conspiracy theory when someone's just being a dickhead off the ice. You for sure, you for sure cannot write, I guess, yeah, you for sure can't write. If that's true, then fuck Absolutely. Then fuck Panarin doesn't deserve a spot on the squad and he doesn't deserve a spot on the NHL. Exactly. Like Uh, anybody doing that doesn't deserve the stardom or, you know what I mean? They, yeah. I guess, I guess just uh, kind of following Panarin's career, I've been a fan for a long time because I, I like his story. I like that 
Blackhawks kind of said, fuck you. And he turned out to be a man, whatever. I like that. And he seems like just a really stand up person. So I'm not, I'm like, like we already said, I'm not going to uh, right here end my conclusion. I need, I need details. I need something to come out. And if he, if he did it, fuck him. But there is also that he did pretty recently speak out very strongly against the Russian government and the things that they do and the things and how they police their people and how they take care of their people. And of course, it, and, and kudos to him for speaking out against that because no one else is going to do it because they probably know what's going to happen to them if they do. Yeah. Um, but also at the same time, like, I don't want to give him credit for doing something if, if what he's being accused of is, is true. It, it, it'll be um, obviously very interesting to watch in the weeks to follow because not only is Artemi Panarin a international superstar to most, um, he's one of the biggest stars in the NHL, and he's the biggest star on one of the most marketable hockey teams in the whole world. Yep. The boys who play in red, white, and blue in Madison Square Garden are the most, arguably the most famous hockey team in the world. Yep. Yeah, exactly. But, you know, that's so what he's doing off the ice. Then no, right, this right. whole conversation is irrelevant, and, and I have no sympathy for him, and, and there's not much credit that he deserves, if any at all. Right. Um, um, but just some, like you said, that, you know, we need more information on it. But going back to the Blackhawks, I, I hate it. I hate it. 7-2-1 and one in their last 10 games. Yeah. It's the fifth best power play in the league. One of the hottest goalies in the league right now. And, you know. Who's their goalie? Lankinen. And, and Lankinen. Um, what's his face? Subban's not a horrible backup. Kevin Lankinen. Yeah, and, and Malcolm's just been kind of all over the place. But I mean, again, he's, he's not, not great. No, he's not- but he's, he's a very serviceable backup. And, you know, you have a perennial heart trophy or a an annual heart trophy contender in, in Pat, patty kane and they don't even have you know arguably their best player i think uh he taves. uh patrick kane and the conversations being had in national media and uh, spencer i think i've said this to you um before these last few weeks but as a usa hockey fan and an avid 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 just hockey fan in general avid hockey fan i i think patrick kane's the best american to ever play hockey look at what he's done yeah bro look at what he's done if he can get the games played up there if he can get the games played to match uh chris chelios and uh hall okay Where to even begin on this? Hall scored 50 goals in 50 games. One of five players to do that. That's crazy. Which, by the way, we might witness that this year. Austin Matthews has 18 yeah, goals in 19 games. That's ridiculous. Chelios, 26 seasons, three cups, two Norris trophies? Two cups on two different teams. Very rare. Rangers and the Oilers. No. Blackhawks, Red Wings. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> no it wasn't a uh one on on montreal and he won three cups with three different teams because i believe he won one in detroit too and uh well i know he won two in detroit um you might be right actually the question is did he win one with the blackhawks i'm not sure he did almost positive maybe, maybe not 
but no, he won one with Montreal and two with Detroit. Okay, but so still, but still two two uh, two cups on two different teams. Mike Madano. Yeah. No, I mean, I, there's definitely like the conversation to be had, but my my point being. When yeah, you think Jimmy hockey sticks him too. He's good. Yeah. When, when you Jimmy think, ha- <laughs> I mean, he, he just, he just passed like Patrick Kane's like the all time leading scorer almost in Blackhawks history. Sure. And yeah. he, he passed names like Stan Makita. I mean, yeah. The so, drill. So in, in his career, he's played, he's eight games shy of a thousand right now. Eight. Um, so how, how old he's, He's eight games shy of a thousand. He's only 32 years old. He's got a thousand forty-eight points already. He's still going to play probably another two or three hundred games, and he's still producing at an insane level. He's, he's won three cups. He's won a few MVPs. Yeah, if John. Bo- if John Bucci Gross has him as the number one player, shit. I, be- I guess I gotta kind of go back to the drawing board and reconsider it but i'm not saying it can't be open for discussion because i can make the argument for a few other players as well like i said like hall and chelios immediately jump off the page to me like brian brian leach as well pat lafontaine yeah austin matthews yeah i mean austin definitely. matthews has time yeah but the, also the rate, austin the matthews the rate austin he's going on he is ridiculous yeah but he's got time he he doesn't need any more years to prove to me that he's a good hockey player, mm-hmm. but I'm not going to start, start calling him a great yet. Yeah. And he, he's, I, he's the second best hockey player in the NHL right now this year, but he's not an all time great yet. Yeah. I think that uh, the other thing you got to remember about Kane is that he very seldom misses games. I mean, he's damn near played a full season every single year he's been in the league and Right That's off the bat, good. he just entered the league and, you know, was a superstar. And everybody – so much has to be said about, like, the antis- – like, look at Lafreniere. So Lafreniere. much hype about a guy. And then, Oops. you know, he enters the league and is a severe disappointment so far. Some guys just can't handle that pressure. And if anything, Kane feeds off that and plays better. I think you'll yeah, see Yeah, I definitely, I definitely think he's in contention. But if you're going up against guys like Brett Hall, who's arguably, you know, one of the best, if not the best, natural goal scorers of the league. He's, um, in, some, he's in some pretty elite company. Um, Definitely. So with the Lafreniere thing, um, I say give it. I say everyone jacked him up way, 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 way too much. I'd say give it a year because Jack Hughes was a disappointment last year, and he's been much, much better. Yeah. I think the transit. <laughs> Really, Spencer. <laughs> I know you got to get out of here, but um, yeah, I just want to look up one more thing really quick. This staff check is brought to you by yeah. Quicken Loans. Quicken Loans can get you through tax season. Need somebody to be an expert for you? Go on Quicken Loans and find your tax expert. They are available 24-7, seven days a week. And they're also the leading sponsor and the naming rights sponsor of the Cleveland Cavaliers. They play at the queue, and you can get your taxes done quick. Quicken Loans, the best tax experts around. I really wish that we could get um, paid to do this. Especially by Quicken Loans. Yeah, that'd be sick. Um, so They'd probably do your taxes for free, too. I'm sure they would. I fucking <laughs> hope. 
<laughs> but, um, so we're looking at all-time American scores. Um, Brett Hall's number one, um, thirteen hundred, almost fourteen hundred points, and just and just shy of thirteen hundred games played. And Patrick Kane is on that same exact pace. Patrick Kane, uh, Brett Hall played like I said, uh, twelve hundred seventy games. Patrick Kane's at nine hundred ninety-two. I, there's no reason that he can't pass Brett Hall as all-time American point scorer. Definitely. And also, like, the thing you got to factor into it is, like, a true representation of how good you are for your country is how you play in national tournaments. And That's Kane, right. And Patrick Kane has definitely showed up to play, you yeah. know, at the Olympics, junior tournaments, and, and really every national stage that he's played on, he's shown up and, and – played at an elite level so every, every cut all three cup finals he was fucking sick exactly so yeah but so is brett hall man i oh yeah okay so here's this is a parting question spencer this is for you too phil kessel's a yes. hall of famer do you think so and why do you think yes oh hall of famer he's a four, 14th all-time american scorer did you hear did you hear my stat no hall, hall of, famer. of famer at crushing hot dogs yeah. For sure. First ballot. No question. Uh, Give me the stats, a, bro. That's okay, a so, tough one because he's so, never he's never been like Give me the stats, bro. You know, when he was on Toronto, it wasn't a situation where he was carrying the team to the playoffs. When he was on the Penguins, it was the same because they were a team that had already made it to the playoffs and found success. Oh, but, but he was so much at two of those runs. Exactly. Exactly. And I agree with that. But now, you know, we see him make a money move over to Phoenix and he's still producing well, you know, damn near point per game score. I don't know. I mean, so, there, are, there are so many guys that are similar to him that just have missed out. So I um, think that, I think the thing that really would put him in, in my eyes is you got to start looking at the other people who are in the hall of fame. Mm-hmm. So he's ahead of guys like Bill Guerin, Gary Suter, um, Phil Kessel's played 1,084 games. He's got 873 points. He's got two cups, and he was a major, major contribution to those two cups. What is Hall of Fame worthy anymore? Because it's pretty rare to see nowadays the guys still making 1,000 games. Yeah, I mean, it is borderline. I think a lot of it is because he doesn't seem like he should be good at hockey. Yeah, but I don't know. I feel like that's not enough to push you into the into the hall. But he doesn't have any individual awards besides his Stanley Cups. There's no awards to his name. You know, he was he was a borderline Conn Smythe contender in 2016. But other than that, I mean, he's maybe been in some heart discussions when he was, you know, kicking ass in Toronto his last few years there. But you know, besides the Masterson trophy for when he, you know, fought through cancer and came back and, and still kicked ass, there's really no accolades to his name. Yeah, he produces well and yeah, he scores goals and yeah, he's he's pretty consistent and he's a good player, but there's no individual awards to his name. I feel like it's really hard to get into the Hall of Fame just based on your stats alone. Yeah, and and that's fair, and that's why I asked the question. I think what would get him in. I mean, I think it's enough, but when you look at the guys that he's passed, who, when you think about the Hall of Fame, you don't even question them being in the Hall of Fame. Like I said, 
Bill Guerin, Gary Suter, John LeClaire, Ed Olchek, uh, Scott Young. I mean, these are consummate when you think about hockey. These are some of the guys you think about. Mm-hmm. And you don't question them being in the Hall of Fame, obviously because of the points they put up such a long time ago. I get it. But what is the Hall of Fame worth if people passing their individual stats that also have cups? How the fuck could you keep them out? Like, just just strictly based off of if we're going to keep stats and his are better, how, you know. I see what you're saying, but also, I don't know if you know who this guy is, but um, I had so many hockey cards of this guy when I was a kid. Alexander McGilney. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He's not in the Hall of Fame either. And (laughs) the the hot dog smasher. What is that? The Katina jerseys? Those are so sick. Coyotes have such dope jerseys. But I like I like those ones better than their orange ones. No, but to go back to the McGilney, uh, you know, argument, he scored seventy six goals in a season. That's a really six, really fucking tough. B, it came, you know, in his what fourth season, fifth season. He also is a thousand point scorer. He's over a point per game, and he's not in the Hall of Fame. Similar situation where, you know, he's bullshit. Yeah, he's a Stanley Cup and, you know, he led the league in goals one year and was tied with Timu Solani that year. Nice, dope jersey. But it's a similar situation. He makes almost every single All Star game when he has an elite season under his belt, which you'd expect. No individual accolades, though. Yeah, it is, you know, it is tough when you, in a single season, you can't separate yourself. I get that. But, I think it's a similar argument. I mean, I've never really thought about it in that way, you know, because you think of a guy's on a cup winning team or several in Phil's case, you think that carries some weight to it, but you know, there's what 30, 29 other guys on the team that are winning the cup who are having great careers who don't make it into the hall of fame. And Phil's going to be that guy that is on the cusp and is probably going to be that guy like Theo, who's very outspoken about if he makes it or not. And when he makes it, if he does, um, I just don't see it happening, to be honest with you. I mean, he's good. Yeah, he's been elite in our lifetime. Fought through cancer, came back and kicked ass after that. From I Cottage just, Grove. I just don't see that carrying him into the Hall of Fame. I don't think that points. If, points, if points is what mattered, there'd be so many other guys in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, no, I mean, and that's why I asked the question. Because we've had so much hypothetical shit that we just talked through on this show so many what if sort of that thinking about what we just did was kind of wild actually but yeah and, and unfortunately in this hypothetical i just i don't see it man i don't know he's gonna have to he's gonna have to harry phoenix to some kind of success that they've never you know some kind of uncharted territory he's gonna have to win another cup or he's gonna have to Oh, you know, squeeze out. If the Yotes won a cup, I would freak out. That'd be dope. I would would freak out. Is it going to happen? No. No chance. Maybe. Is Bill Kessel going to win the Hart Trophy in the next couple years? Maybe. No chance. Maybe. Not even close. Is he going to win it this year? Should I pick him up? He's a free agent. He's not probably a bad guy to have on your team, but he's not no. going to win the heart. <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't, I don't need, I don't need wingers. I have a really good team. I just, you know, if there's a guy like Alex McGilney, who's not in the hall of fame and he scored 76 goals in a season and was one of the most. Oh, well, what about Danny Eater? 
He scored a bunch. He scored fifty and oh seven. He's yeah, not in the Hall he, of Fame. It, exactly, and he's not going to be. He also it's crashed similar, his just, Ferrari and killed two people. Yeah. Wow. That's tough. Yeah, I don't know. Just go back to the original question. I just I don't see it. Can't do it. Okay, so when we're super famous in about four years, when the thrill retires, I will be uh, glad to, you know, give you a little sandpaper, no lube finish, uh, and say fuck you when the thrill goes to the hall. So you obviously, think, <laughs> so you think that he's going to make it? I think that he will not be a first ballot Hall of Famer, but I do think he will end up in the hall. Sure. I think it, I, I, it won't be a going. It won't be a going away unanimous vote. By any means, it won't even be anywhere near that. I just think that when you look at the guys that are in the Hall of Fame that he's passed, at the end of the day, I mean, he's what, one of, I don't know, what if 300 players in the NHL played 1,000 games? And when you think about that, too, alone, why isn't 1,000 games almost a half qualifier to begin with? That's that's really incredible. 1,000 games is almost unmatched in any other sport. Yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. And, and, you know, I think the one thing that I, I forget about when I say a definite no, to that question is the fact that he too is, you know, a very big presence on team USA. Yeah. Huge. He, I mean, it's a, it's a no brainer. He'll be in the American hockey hall of fame. Oh, for sure. For sure. <laughs> That'll be the first year that he retires. He'll be in. Look, and I would love for him to prove me wrong because I'm a big. <laughs> I I love Phil Kessel, and I had him on my fantasy team damn near every single year when he was kicking ass in Toronto, and I you know had him on my team when he was, you know, kind of struggling through his first couple years in Boston. But I don't know. I just don't see it happening. Okay, uh, let's wrap this bitch up. We're an hour. Now we're gone. Um, go to Etsy. Go to Down Etsy. and Back. Go to Down and Back Stitches, and buy some shit. Buy it. Um, follow us Fight on for tw- Valentine's Day. Follow us on Twitter at B1G Thoughts and follow us on Instagram at B1G Thoughts underscore. Um, if we get more than five messages back, um, Dan has to create a Big Thoughts burner account for hockey. Bingo. <laughs> and I'll just roast Phil Kessel every day. Um, <laughs> I'll yeah. just reply with that picture I sent you. Yeah, a beauty. Um, but yeah, that's Big Thoughts. Big Ten Thoughts, thanks for listening. For Dan, for Spencer, and for myself, and, and for Peter. Pe- and for Peter. Our, Peter guy, our, guy, our guy Peter, thinking about you. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to Big Thoughts. Go Badgers. Go Gators and Gophers and Gophers and Gophers and Gophers and Dan. Go and Wild. Gophers and the Wild and go the wild Bruins and the Yotes and, and uh, the Red Sox and the Brewers. And, and the, the, next Col- the Colts and, and the Packers and um and the and Lakers dog and, and the New York Yankees Burger no no Yankees and the Dallas Cowboys and the Gators and um, the Patriots and, yeah, <laughs> yeah. The and uh, the Bruins and Tory Krug and um and Jason Veritek and uh, Mookie Betts and so you're happy every year at the end of every single major sports um, championship somehow or another it always ends you're up happy one of his teams either your either your favorite players winning the mvp mvp for defenseman championship uh it, talking about, it has about it has pretty much worked out spencer that one hundred percent success that, rate 
one of your teams at the end of the year will be in the final, or if not, uh, your favorite player from that team will win MVP. You could yeah. throw a, you could throw a dart in the dark. Yeah, that's right. Put your hand out there. See it. I'm the shrub guy. Hey, if you could hit my left leg with a dart in the dark, I'll give you a hundred. I try and make a next month for the man. Fucking shit, up. Yeah, much money that.